Isn't it with Radio 4, apparently they tell people to sort of almost talk like they're talking to somebody on their pillow, whispering to them, as if they're just somebody that close to them, so they're not sort of like shouting like, hey, listen to the radio, it's more like, hello, Ben. Why, after that thing, we're talking about pillow talk, why do you have to say my name? I don't like it. I don't like this <laughs> roleplay. So, okay, well, we're all warmed up now. We've had a thrilling conversation about Radio 4 and pillow talk, so... I mean, it's time to get musical. I'm not sure much of that can actually make the introduction, to be honest. None of it is going to make the introduction. Oh, good. Okay. Are you going to bark all day? This is a tasty burger. I am just a figment of your imagination. Here's Johnny. You are a sad, strange little man. These guys will have it. Don't fail me again. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Popcorn Bucket Podcast with Ben and Rob. This is your regular look at the wonderful world of films. No, no, no. What the fuck? There was too much giggling. I, we can get away with a smile in the voice, but whatever that was. I leaned in really close and was chuckling at myself. <laughs> okay, so scrap that. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Popcorn Bucket Podcast with Ben and Rob. This is a regular look at the wonderful world of films, film franchises, and film nonsense. This week, in our last Showvember episode for this year, is a one-shot episode in which we pick a topic and choose a standalone film which isn't connected to a sequel, spin-off, or reboot, and hope that the other hasn't picked it and will be chosen wisely yet uniquely. This week, the random popcorn maker film topics has picked out musicals to end Showvember. Yes, this is very much the extra episode, isn't it? Because we didn't plan for this one. But I think, as I've said before, with one-shot episodes, with the topic, it's nice and open yeah. to interpretation. It could be anything, as long as you can argue it's a musical. So, uh, so yeah, so that's what we've done. I hope I've got a decent one this time. I'm, 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 I'm thinking that this can't be a film wins. We, I think we need to take that off the table until okay. a very special occasion. Well, also uh, taking off the table, we took um, before this we agreed that as a musical, it has to be a film. It can't be a stage filmed for for screen. So it, it basically, it couldn't be Hamilton. As, as yeah, it was Hamilton the anti-Hamilton rule. Yeah, is what it was. Good Either that or, or or Shrek the Musical, which is yeah, on yeah. Netflix. Yes, it is. They've got. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I apparently it's all right. Yeah, it's popular in the theaters. Can I go first? Because I think you went first last time, and I've sort of I'm fairly passionate about the film I've chosen to the point I'm stressed. Mm. I'm not going to do it justice. Wow. Okay. Well, um, sure. What? When did I go first last time? Uh, what did we do last time? We did Hans Zimmer. Oh shit! No, I did go first. So yeah, go on then. Thanks. Okay. So. Build it up, mate. Come on. Okay, well, I still think about the day I first saw it. I sat down in the cinema west of Cardiff Bay. I have gone for 2016's La La Land. Uh, <laughs> whilst navigating their careers in Los Angeles, a pianist and an actress fall in love uh, whilst attempting to reconcile their aspirations for the future. It was directed and written by Damon Chazelle. Music was uh, by Justin Hurwitz. Choreography by Mandy Moore. Starring Ryan Gosling, Emma Stone, J.K. Simmons and John Legend. Was it that Mandy Moore? No. Different Mandy Moore? Yes. Okay. Well, I knew you were going to pick La La Land. I figured you would, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was actually tempted to pick it to then leave you with nothing. Because right. I'm, I'm playing dirty now. Okay. 
Uh, no, of course I wasn't. But I was, I was tempted to rewatch it because I was so sure you were going to pick it. But then my inherent laziness took over and I only watched the one I was going to do. Part so. of me thought about doing a last minute swerve to 8 Mile. <laughs> that, that, would have, that would have been amazing. I think I can't remember before we've mentioned the Amelie effect on here. Or the sort of like bigging up a film and then it's sort of not really meeting your expectations. Uh yeah, I think I think we did. I I can't remember what that was, but you yeah, you've definitely mentioned that before. I mean that's not a that's not a that's not a well known thing. I mean the 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 effect itself has, goes under many different names. It's just you call it the Amelie effect. Yeah, but I really like Amelie. Because my wife yeah. called the Amelie effect because I picked it up too much in, in her Oh, words. okay. So now everything like that is the Amelie effect. So this film came out in, well, in America in 2016 and had loads of uh, pre-release hype and apparently it was shown around all the um, festivals to kind of build momentum. And then it came to the UK in 2017. I think I may have seen it towards the end of its run. Um, and the hype before for it was massive, although there was kind of a backlash against it when it was um, almost that sort of cycle of it's really popular and everyone's talking about it, and then everyone says, "Oh, actually, it's not that good," and everyone hates it. And that kind mm -hmm. of cycle almost happened when when it was in the cinema release. And I remember being incredibly excited for for the film, and it's one of the few films I've gone in having really high expectations of it, and it absolutely exceeded them. Um, it, well, it's one of my top. Uh, top five films, possibly top three films, possibly top two films. Um, Damn, so I, I absolutely adore it. And watching it again, uh, well, I saw it yesterday, and I could have easily watched it again today. Um, I, I, it's one of the ones I could just sort of like stick on multiple times. I love it's everything truly, about it. Truly special when you find a film like that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I sort of. Uh, it's one of the few films I almost like not dance along to, but uh, <laughs> no, you do dance along to it. Go on, admit it. There's definitely a bit of foot tapping going. Sure. But, um, so it stars uh, Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone as Sebastian and Mia. He is a jazz pianist. She is a uh, she's trying to make it as an actor in LA, and they sort of have a few meet cutes, and then they sort of meet, fall in love, and then spoilers fall out of love. Mm. Um, it's there's um, it, it, so it's set throughout. There's lots of like original songs and um, a fantastic soundtrack. Um, it's set in Los Angeles, and that's kind of the third character and there's lots of interesting use of color and uh, it's, it's it's filmed in or presented it says it's presented in the cinemascope the technology for cinemascope doesn't exist anymore so it's kind of as close to it as you can get with modern technology that's weird i thought that that would be that would be because you know technology has moved on leaps and bounds i suppose i suppose it's just maybe an archaic way of doing things yeah i think so well it was filmed yeah. with cell celluloid which you know not many things yeah. are anymore the but... cinemascope was just like ultra widescreen wasn't it with yeah of... the ratio is uh 255 to one mm. yeah so no that's i didn't know that it the technology didn't exist anymore i assumed it would just be quite Easy to replicate, but clearly, I, I guess it's you know like like floppy disk. The top, the technology for a floppy yeah, disk it's it's just yeah, it's obsolete. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Sorry, I didn't yeah. mean to interrupt. Go no, 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 not not feel free, feel free to interrupt you. you okay, cool. Do. Anyway, okay, so Rob likes and whatever. Um, so the the opening number is um a, a freeway dance uh, where it's called Another Day of Sun. Most people dancing on top of the cars and uh, just uh, in, what, in a LA traffic jam. 
Um, it's an incredibly summery song. At the end, it tells you it's the middle of winter. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a very joyful song. Um, you've got a band in a lorry. You've got people jumping up and down cars. You've got people spinning around. You've got all the, all the colours of the things people are wearing is kind of quite blocky and vivid. Mm. So it's, it's rarely a pattern. There's a point where Emma Stone has a patterned yellow dress, but generally it's all um, yeah, very vivid blocks of colour. There's a scene where Emma Stone is doing auditions and she's wearing bright clothing against different coloured bright backgrounds. And it's all very striking. So the first meet cute um, is immediately following this opening uh, LA freeway dance number where Emma Stone is auditioning in a car, which is very similar to a scene in the Italian job remake. Um, oh. Well. Does the Italian job remake? It's shite. It isn't. It's rubbish. It's a good film. Anyway, La La Land. Um, so this is their first meet cute where she is auditioning, so doesn't realise the traffic has moved, and Ryan Gosling tries around and beeps. And I love the expression on his face as he just sort of stares and beeps whilst not looking at the road. I'm a big fan of Ryan Gosling's uh, of his facial uh, expressions. He does yes. confuse very well. He does outrage very well. Fact, well, I'm... that's what makes him good for comedy as well. Yes. Yeah. 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 Like he's he's really really good. He, he can he can do that sort of like thousand yard stare with the best of them. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, no, I I'd, I'd say he's he's a very expressive actor, and 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 that's what makes him sort of so versatile. Yeah. And the two of them together are amazing. Um, I... Uh, they've been in, I think, three films together now. They've been in this, uh, Crazy Stupid Love and Gangster Squad. Mm. And they've got incredible chemistry together. Uh, Damien Chazelle says they're kind of like the closest thing to a to one of those old-style Hollywood, you know, Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers, that we have now. They've got that great chemistry together. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I quite like them to just be in films. Sort of, I'd like them to basically go back and reshoot every film they're not in together as them in it. Yeah, I think that that would get awkward for like Blade Runner or Last of the Real Girl. Yeah, Drive, yeah, Close Beyond the Pines, you know. Yeah. So initially, this was it was supposed to star Miles Teller and Emma Watson. Hmm. Uh, Miles Teller had come up Whiplash. Um, Damien Chazelle and Justin Hurwitz wrote this before Whiplash, but couldn't sell it. At one point, somebody wanted uh, a studio was going to give them a million to a million dollars to film it but no the sort of the common feeling was that nobody wanted a jazz musical so they could make a film if they change it to if sebastian was a rock musician rather than a jazz musician and if it had a happy ending instead so but, completely changed so the completely unique change. selling points of the film yeah. yeah yeah um but they refused and made whiplash uh, Whiplash won quite a few awards and got. I love there. Whiplash. I, I've not seen it. I, it's one. It's. I mean to watch it, but yeah, I know. Also has, yes, I've heard that. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, so having made Whiplash, they could then it gave the opportunity to make this. Um, and initially, Miles Teller was assigned to it, and there's sort of some theory that he dropped out because he wanted more money, but he's kind of disputed that and just almost implies he was dropped in favour of Ryan Gosling. Emma Watson dropped out to do Beauty and the Beast. And mm. uh, Ryan Gosling dropped out of Beauty and the Beast to do this. Mm. Mm. I think he made the wise choice. I think he made the I mean, I enjoy the Beauty and the Beast uh, remake, but yeah, this is better. Mm. Miles Teller and Emma Watson, I, I think you need that sort of easygoing chemistry, and I don't. I mean, they're both talented actors. I'm, they're I, they're also know, much younger than. Uh, yeah, I don't. 
So, I, so it, it changes the, the film, the, the tone of the film from there would have been youngsters trying to make it in LA to people who maybe a bit more jaded have been knocked back quite a few times. Yeah, I think I I don't think it would have worked nearly as well with uh, Teller and Watson. Uh, a lot the, so a lot of the audition stories are built from uh, Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone's own experiences in trying to make it as actors. There's a bit where uh, Mia is auditioning in the crying scene and the people running the audition um, take a phone call to ask what lunch they want. Apparently that, that, direct, that actually happened to Ryan Gosling. It's crazy, isn't it? You're meant to do some of your, your best acting and, and, and I don't know, actors, some actors are incredible and can do that, but I mean, wow. It's it's quite a romantic version of Hollywood, I guess. Um, yeah, the, 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 there's a bit where they go, well, one of these sort of things, like the second, second uh, yeah, the second song, um, someone in the crowd, Mia goes to a Hollywood party and sort of the hope is that there'll be somewhere there to, um, who will sort of, you know, pluck them from obscurity. And that's the reason that everyone's gone there. And it's kind of in a sort of a post-Me Too, post-Harvey Weinstein world, it feels a little weird. Mm. Um, yeah. But I'm not sure if the film, if the song itself is meant to be critical of it. I think I think it kind of is. So it's, I think it's almost saying that this is kind of the norm, but no one's enjoying it. Yeah, they're just, they're just acting. Uh, right, it's, so, it's definitely so. it's definitely some sort of critique because it was it's a critique on how how shallow the whole thing is. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, that everyone's there with their own agenda. The yeah. choreography in that, in that song is amazing. You've got everybody sort of dancing around the pool, people jumping into a pool, and uh, everyone slowing down for the for sort of the uh, moment where uh, Mia's walked through the crowd, kind of just wishing she wasn't there. Mm. I really wish I had rewatched the movie now. I, I'd happily rewatch it like now again. I, I love it. Um, yeah, well, I, but I always say this. I, I, I just this is this is the same thing. I just never do my homework, and I just wing <laughs> it every single time. No, 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 no. It's fine. I mean, it's a bit. I mean, in some ways, I'm just going. Oh, I like this film because I like it. Just... Yeah, but that's kind of what the one shots are. Yeah. And and La La Land is a solid shout. Like you can't you can't argue with it in terms of. I mean, you may not like it as much as you clearly do i mean i'm i don't like it as much as you do but i like it a lot i think it's great but you know i mean this being possibly your top two films ever yeah yeah, yeah. i mean you know that's that's some significant love right there i think the one shots are a great kind of time to to kind of lay your soul bare sometimes and just go this means a lot to me i mean christ i've been doing it for a while now with films like yes this one you know, and I've said that the film is, you know, part of my DNA and things like that. And I think you could probably make an argument that that La La Land is for you now. It's because I'm such a happy, joyful, colourful person. Yeah, um, who can dance? It's got some great sarcastic piano playing from Ryan Gosling. Um, so he's a sort of a, jo a jobbing pianist playing for a uh, a bar owned by J.K. Simmons, who only wants him to play Christmas uh, songs rather than his own kind of compositions. Mm. Um, so he, he's sarcastically playing you know, Deck the Halls and then sort of goes into his own stuff. But he didn't use any hand doubles. They, they planned for him to use a hand double on the piano, but he spent four months learning to play the piano from nothing. And so all the piano playing, where, where, where it's him, even at a distance, it's Ryan Gosling playing the piano. Oh, I'm so sick of these people who are just like good looking, talented, and they're just like, oh yeah, I'll just learn the piano. It, yeah, it's, um, so John Legend is is in it as a sort of a former and then current bandmate of the Sebastian, mm. and he has to learn guitar for it. 
and he said he's a classically trained pianist and he was jealous of how almost jealous of how quickly uh, Ryan Gosling <laughs> learned to play it and to that standard yeah yeah. What if he's continued afterwards? Whether well, he's just going to be outdone there now? Now I'm going to learn to be an astronaut. He he does. Gosling strikes me as the type of person who just sort of keeps these things in his sort of back pocket, but is always on to the next thing. Because because like his choices for movies and everything do seem to be like, oh, what what different thing can I do now? Yeah, that's true. So so yeah, like as you said, off to be an astronaut or whatever, you know. That that's it. He probably went through the sort of NASA training and everything for that. So I think he he just likes the challenges. Jackie Simmons is only in for I think two scenes, but he he's sort of great in both of them. He fires Ryan Gosling for playing his own music, mm. and uh, Sebastian and protests. for not getting pictures of Spider Man. Yeah, yes, uh, Sebastian protests, but it's Christmas. He says, "Yeah, I see the decorations. Good luck with the new year." <laughs> Yeah, so this this is the second time. The piano is the second time that Sebastian and me and me and uh, Ryan Gosling just shoulder barges Emma Stone out of the way, and then they run into each other at another party, and he's playing guitar in a sort of an eighties tribute band. So she requests a song called Iran, and then does sarcastic dancing. So you got sarcastic piano playing and sarcastic dancing, which are both two things I didn't know you could do sarcastically. Yeah, but boy, those guys pull it off. A match made in sarcastic heaven. Yeah, I wish there were a couple in real life. I really ship them, as the uh, the youth say. Is Emma Stone still going out with Andrew Garfield? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. Well, I don't keep up. I know Ryan Gosling's married to... Eva Mendes. Yes. Yes. So, you know. Um, that is your celebrity gossip. I know. For... It was a bit, sorry. I know. <laughs> that was like that was like fucking TMZ. Yeah, just like, okay, that... what have we got on Emma Stone? Who's she dating now? But I just feel that the world will be a better place if they're together. I think that's one of the biggest successes of the movie is the fact that you do want them to be together so much. I've I've seen this film, I don't know how many times, and every time I see it, I just wish it would end differently. Yeah, you just just wish they'd work it out. Maybe this time. Yeah, I know, I know. And so that's it. You know, clearly, clearly they are, you know, compatible actors. I'm sure they're great friends, but like, you know, compatible actors and everything. So you really do root for that relationship. And, you know, where it leaves it, is not where you want it to be. It's it's tough. So so I think that is the biggest success of the movie is the fact that it leaves you with that sort of bittersweet, melancholy kind of like, oh, those crazy kids. I wish they could have worked it out. I know. Yeah, it's still actually sad thinking about it now. Um, it didn't happen in real life, Rob. That's a film. I know. Um, so the song What a Waste of a Lovely Night is possibly my favourite from the film. Um, it's the scene where they're sort of dancing while the sunset. They could only film for half an hour at a time between, uh, I've written it down, 7.20 and 7.50. Wow. To get that exact, because I assumed it was on a stage, but it's uh, on location, that kind of purple sunset light. Oh, wow. See, I did think that was that was on a stage, with yeah. the green screen or something. But uh, that, what? That's where all the kind of iconic shots, I think it's where the... the the DVD cover comes from. It's, it's her in the yellow dress, him in the blue suit. Yeah. In that sort of dance. Um, it's and it's quite, Magic Hour, isn't it? Yeah, Magic Hour, yes. Yeah. Um, it's quite a funny song as well. But the, the dialogue, I mean, everyone talks about the music dialogue, uh, sorry, the music and the dancing. The dialogue is actually pretty decent as well. She says, it's pretty strange we keep running into each other. He says, maybe it means something. So she says, I doubt it. <laughs> um, and in that song, I really like the, uh, the delivery of when she says, uh, I think it's like, you look so cute in your polyester suit. He sort of deadpans, it's wool. Mm. I think that a lot. 
<laughs> it's wool. <laughs> Whenever anyone mentions a gem bar, I just think, oh, it's wool. Yeah, it's wool. They have the sort of sunset dance on the bench. And yeah, I really love that scene. I think that's top of the Funko Pops I should have got. I was going to mention the Funko Pops, but yeah. I thought I wasn't going to get get super... Uh, not nerdy, but like I am kind of nerdy about them. But yeah, well, if ever I see them on eBay for a decent price, man, I'll I'll snap them up for you, and oh, cool. uh, Thanks, you can just pay me back in sexual favors. Usual price. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of a film about films, which I know Hollywood loves. And stuff like yeah, that. <laughs> I, I really like it as well as as you know this the artist and. Those sort of Hugo, I guess, films about films. I really like it. I think because it's quite joyful. Because I guess Hollywood loves itself. Well, but in this film, I love it too. Yeah, I think I think films about films aren't necessarily bad. It's just that the Academy became so incredibly predictable with their choices. You're automatically on this. Well, you should be on the same page as the movie you're watching. You know, the movie loves movies, and you're watching a movie. So you know, it like. That's a unifying cause right there. I, I yeah, I, I like ed- anything about the sort of magic of cinema and things like that because obviously that taps into things I love. So yeah, I, yeah, I'm a sucker for movies about movies as well. So if, um, the film changes around the City of Stars duet between Sebastian and Mia, and at the end or before the song finishes, she sort of stands up to leave just the bench, and then basically everything goes wrong from that point. Where Sebastian keeps making incredibly stupid decisions, mm. um, not going to a, her play, taking a job he doesn't like. There's a bit where they have an argument over dinner, and he sort of says something quite mean, and the argument ends, or you think it's kind of ended, and then he says something even worse, which is almost like he had the chance to not and roll it back, and then it's kind of that's the end of them. It's really sad. Well, he's a self saboteur, isn't he? He is. He's also. Um, <laughs> Because one of the criticisms, one of the criticisms of this film is about how he's almost like a white savior of jazz. Like he kind of he's obsessed with protecting this idea of jazz music that he has, where it's kind of the sort of the classic Charlie Parker type era, mm. and that he won't allow anything else to, uh, to sort of sully that, and that anyone else who doesn't like it is wrong or likes it in the wrong way, sort of thing. A bit like you with James Bond. Um, what? No, I'm sorry. It was a throwback to. I was just trying to. I was just trying to think. Yeah, no, I know you're bringing up the James Bond thing. I, I was like, when have I said that people are wrong about James Bond? Oh yeah, Spectre. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um... no, you're right. I was. I was thinking. I was going through my friend, and I was like, oh no, 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 no. People like Spectre, and they're fucking wrong, and they have dog shit for brains. So yes, you're correct. Um, but um, so that, that's one of the main. Oh, one of the. There are criticisms of this film, um, but one of, the, one of them is that he's kind of so dogmatic and is he's basically like shouting at her about how good jazz is and that's the only thing he likes. Um, there is a bit, there is, watching this time I realise there is a scene where John Legend basically tells him he's an idiot and that he's wrong and that his jazz needs to evolve and it's people like him that are kind of stifling it. Yeah. So losing interest. So I the film what... does address it. That's what I thought. That's what I thought it was going for. Yeah, it doesn't do the best job of expressing it, but I thought the fact that he was being so inflexible about a flexible medium, yeah. known for riffs and iterations and things like that, I thought that was kind of the point. The fact that he was kind of loving it in the wrong way. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah, John Legend does call him out, but like I, I thought that was the whole kind of thing. 
but yeah, maybe some people did not walk away with that impression. So at the end, uh, Mia gets an audition and takes a film, a role in Paris. And for some reason, Sebastian just doesn't go with her. He could, he could quite easily go with her because I'm sure they have jazz in Paris. Um, quite a lot of it, I've heard. Yeah. But, and then it comes to five years later. And I remember the first time I saw it, just hoping that cause she gets out of the car, she goes to a home, just hoping that it would be his home and they have made it. Because um, when, because by this point, Sebastian's got his own jazz bar. And when you sort of catch up with him, he's talking about how the pianos come back from Paris and how they always take the time there, but they get the job done. So you kind of just, I think you're always led to believe that he's come back from Paris as well with her, but mm. sadly not. Yeah, you have Mia on a night out with her husband who they happen to stumble into a jazz bar and it's Seb's bar. And she sees him, you, the, the sort of the look on Emma Stone's face as she realises, you know, where she is and who is playing there. And just she kind of looks, she, she sort of walks through the bar like she's walking to an execution. Mm. And sort of she looks incredibly awkward and uncomfortable while everyone else around her is enjoying it. Which I guess is kind of similar to when she's at the Hollywood party at the beginning. But this is kind of almost like, yeah, it's... It's like a train wreck waiting to happen. And he sees her and then plays uh, this, this, the piece of music is called Epilogue and it's about seven minutes long. And it's all the medleys from the songs throughout the film. And including one that was written but wasn't put into the film, which is actually called La La Land. Apparently that's in there somewhere. But um, And it, it cuts to a sort of a, a dream ballet of Sebastian and Mir kind of recreating moments from the film. But this time it goes right and he uh, he doesn't take a, the the band with uh, John Legend and she uh, he goes to Paris with her and they have a life together and they watch her movies together and that was amazing that sort of sequence they, they go through sort of Hollywood sets and it's meant to look like a like a stage show it ends with them going to just a random jazz bar themselves as a couple and sort of you know they've got the family they've got the cute she's got the awards he's got the kudos and it's kind of it's the Hollywood dream ending and then it sort of cuts back out to the bar and she gets up to leave and they just kind of look and nod and then they just carry on. Um, mm. And it's one of the end, it's one of those sort of endings that, really, that I think sadder endings do tend to stay with you longer than happier ones. Um, and you, you you kind of think of all the ways it could have changed, and it, it would be nice if they had, you know if there's this what if. Part of me wonders if the film I don't know if, if maybe it should have sort of ended on the Hollywood moment, so you could just kind of think that that was the real one, or you know if the real life was. If you see what I mean? That it. Um, that you can, you know, you can have the real ending, or you can have the Hollywood ending. But the film doesn't give you the choice. The, the real ending is they sort of they met each other, they fell in love, and then they went in separate ways um, to do what kind of what they were meant to do. But I, I kind of, I mean, even though I like them as as a couple, and I was rooting for the relationship, I like the fact that it ended with like more of a realistic thing. They got to have, they, they got to, you know, it was like having your cake and eating it. They, yeah. they got yeah. to do the Hollywood dream ending. But then they bring it back down to reality, and I think, I think that's more poignant, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, like it, it, we've all got those sort of like regrets and missed connections and things like that, and you know, it, it's just they weren't, you know, they they just weren't seeing eye to eye, and and it, you know, they they don't hate each other, but they don't no, no, particularly but, like yeah. each other either. They're just indifferent now. I don't think they're indifferent. I think they see how they've. Uh had the impact on each other's life like she wouldn't oh, have gone to she has she wouldn't have gone to paris and had that life had he not told her to go for the audition oh um, that is true he that wouldn't have true. he wouldn't have had the jazz bar you know he's, he's even called, it was called sebs which is what she told him to call it he's mm. even got the logo that she designed for him which apparently emma stone suggested that that was what happened um That's cool. and he 
became more flexible because he he only wanted to have it in a, like an old, I think it was an old recording studio that was now a is it Samba and Tapas bar that he was kind of obsessing over that his sister sort of says that he's basically like stalking a, a restaurant mm. and and she Mia basically tells him to in the end convince it and makes him realise that he can he can have the sort of the club he wants and just make it his thing just somewhere else and to stop being so kind of stuck to this idea of what should happen. So they mm. both did change each other's life for the better. It's just they couldn't be together. Yeah. I think I think had it ended on that Hollywood dream thing, though, I don't think I'd remember it as much. I, I think, yeah, as I, say, I, I do think you do tend to remember the mm. sadder endings a bit more. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it that, because I, I do remember that sort of them looking at each other and kind of just, you know, kind of seeming miles apart. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, but but that's it. It's I kind of like the fact that it was it was that, and but I know the the whole, it, it's tempting, especially when you feel like a relationship has earned it. You do want the happy ending because, damn it, it means that there's hope for the rest of us. <laughs> you know, now, there's two good podcasts on uh, on La La Land. One is uh, there's, there's a film mentioning other podcasts. I told you stop mentioning other and almost definitely superior podcasts on this <laughs> one. There's a film stories episode where uh, they talk about the, the sort of the creation of the film, um, and there's a song exploder episode where they go through how they wrote the audition song, uh, mm. "It's the Fools Who Dream," which apparently was the last thing that was written for the film, and oh, uh, oh, and uh, uh, Emma Stone was singing live throughout it. That she, she she's not miming; she was actually singing in the studio. Yeah, again, ridiculously good-looking, ridiculously talented. Mm. Emma Stone won Best Actress, and Damien Chazelle won Best Director. He's the, he's the youngest person to receive Best Director at 32 years. Hmm. And we've got 40 nominations for the Oscars, which is tied for the most with Titanic and All About Eve. And it's the only one of the three that didn't win uh, Best Film. And La La Land was the one that was announced as winning Best Film by Warren Beatty, but didn't. It was yeah. uh, Moonlight. Moonlight. And for a while afterwards, that was all the talk about it, about how it's this, you know, this this white saviour film that was uh, trying to steal it from, you know, a film about, uh, I think, I mean, I've not seen Moonlight, but, 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 but sorry, about the sort of the black experience. Yeah. Well, La La Land, I mean, with the best world in the world, it's a white-ass movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I know there are problems, you know, I know there are criticisms of the films. I know, you know, Ryan Gosling's character is dogmatic and belligerent about how much he loves jazz and i know he's an ass when he's sort of like beeping on his uh, on his horn just to kind of get get people's attention but i forgive him for it i, I love the film i, I it, it generally brings me joy i could listen to the soundtrack all day i could watch the film again and you know i could have posters of it on the wall if i was a teenager but i absolutely adore it. <laughs> i thought you were gonna say if i was allowed posters <laughs> <laughs> no I, I, yeah I, I do generally adore it so it's, it's probably my top two films yeah. Well, damn, man. Wow. If if there was anything that sort of highlighted the difference between us, it was your choice compared to my choice. Have you gone for Eight Mile? No. Have you gone for School of Rock? No. You keep thinking I'm going to go for School of Rock, and no, 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 okay. no. No, I've Have gone you for Team America. No, I was tempted okay. though. Okay. I've gone for South Park, bigger, longer, and uncut. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, kind of the similar yeah. kind of uh, Team America vein. 
I went for this because I was like, okay, musicals, musicals, what, you know, what musicals do I like? Team America did come up, but then I covered it and I thought I'm not ready to revisit it yet. Yeah. And, and yeah, and I was thinking Sweeney Todd and I was thinking oh, just yeah. lost Stephen Sondheim. So, yeah. so I was thinking, do, do I do a Sondheim movie? You weren't tempted by The Greatest Showman? I, I kind of was, but I think all all I would come down to on on The Greatest Showman is I like the songs, the film I could do without. Yeah, I I, I, I mean it does seem to be you know people uh, at one point it was almost it was almost that sort of like blur and oasis. You either like La La Land or The Greatest Showman. Mm. Um, but 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 that's it. So I wouldn't I wouldn't have too much to say about the film itself. Yeah. I, I think I think you know certain things are really really good about it. But uh, but yeah, it it's it's like a bunch of music videos sort of stapled together for me. I I, I don't really get the through line. So you know that there were there were certain things, but I thought no, I'm going to go for South Park because a couple of things. Like I watched this back in the day. This came out in '99. It's directed by Trey Parker, I believe. Well, and obviously Matt Stone involved too because they're the South Park guys. Yeah, and and it's. There, the basic plot is that uh, the kids' favorite show, Terence and Philip, gets a movie. Um, they go and see it, and the movie is R-rated, so it has not lots of naughty language, and that film inspires the kids to swear way more than they normally do. And then a moral panic thing happens with the parents, and instead of blaming like their parenting or whatever they blame Canada uh, and uh, and then it escalates and escalates and es escalates into a war with Canada uh, which foretells the rising of Satan from hell so have you seen this I've seen it years ago it's the only bit of South Park I've seen because that's the thing you don't strike me as a South Park fan I remember the song blame Canada um, I can remember the sort of the swearies. I, I think I've quite a few songs there, but I think I'm sure I've only seen it once. Mm. I can remember uh, being offended by the uh, the war bit in the uh, yeah the sort of the human shield bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, where they have uh, all the black soldiers, Operation yeah, Human uh, Shield. Yes, uh, yeah. Chef asks the general, "Have you heard of the Emancipation Proclamation?" And he says, "I don't listen to hip hop." It's a funny joke. Um, so I did mention Stephen Sondheim. Yeah. And there's a reason for that. Not only is he, you know, a titan of the industry and will be missed, but uh, apparently when South Park Bigger, Longer and Uncut came out, he wrote a letter to Trey Parker to let him know that South Park was one of his favorite musicals of the past 15 years. Oh, nice. What does he know there? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it is... It is such a funny, funny movie. And you kind of, I remember at the time, because obviously it's got clearly with the Terence and Philip thing, it's got that meta approach. The fact that South Park was getting a movie where they don't have to censor their swears. And the fact that they knew a bunch of like underage people were going to sneak in. There was a whole thing about people paying to see Wild Wild West and then hopping over into the South Park movie. Oh, really? Yeah. 
Um, obsessed with Wild Wild West. No, 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 no. That's it. Literally, just came up, and even even in the show, there's a bit where Cartman is playing Wild Wild West uh, with Clyde Frog. So, um, so they, they've they've got this kind of they've got got this whole thing about Wild Wild West. But yeah, apparently that was the thing that that kids would be buying tickets to the PG thirteen Wild Wild West and then sneaking into the South Park movie. Nice. I will say that every single song in this movie is brilliant, and I say that with no hyperbole. No, they're all genuinely great songs, like funny, catchy, legit. A lot of them, if it weren't for some of the lyrics, they could easily be in a more serious live-action musical. You know, I mean, it, it, it parodies Disney. A lot of the time, there are lots of numbers that that parody Disney songs instead of just like, "Oh, look, we're we're being lewd and swearing, and and this is our take on the whole thing." That legitimately good songs, and you know how um, you mentioned that with Mary Poppins Returns, the composer for that, what is his name? I I'll go I, to the uh, the big popcorn bucket podcast book of notes. Yeah. Da-dum. It's uh, some someone shaman. Uh, the music was by Mark Shaman. Yeah, he worked on this as well. Okay. So so yeah, there are, there are some genuinely genuinely brilliant kind of they transcend parody. You know they they're just they're just good. Um, but obviously they do have the parody thing. Mountain Town opens the whole thing about South South Park itself. Uh, includes the line which will always stick with me. Uh, you see your breath hanging in the air. You see homeless people, but you just don't care. With South Park, it is hard to express any values it has beyond the edge lord stuff, because you you go, oh, that's just edgy humor. That's just whatever. Yeah. But they do they do so much more with it. It's not it. While it does have those elements. It's it's not just going for shock value. There is proper satire going on here. There's proper, genuinely well written jokes. Having said that, Terence and Philip do have a number called Uncle Fucker. Yes, I can remember that one. Yes, shut your fucking face, Uncle Fucker. Yeah, it and so well without, without contributing to the popcorn bucket swear bucket. Oh well, it, as soon as I brought up South Park, it was yeah, going uh... it. <laughs> Yeah, I will say that uh, Blame Canada was nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. Uh, didn't win. Lost that to Phil Collins for Tarzan. Oh, yeah. But did have the honor of being sung by Robin Williams at the ceremony. So that's pretty good. So, yeah, and Blame Canada is a really, really great one as well because it just it shows the sort of short-sightedness of these parental groups. You know, they, they, Carl's mom forms Mac, Mothers Against Canada. And, uh, and so they, they have this on Blame Canada because it's all their fault that Kenny died imitating a stunt from the movie despite the fact they're unsupervised and blah, blah, blah. And so they, they have all this thing like, you know, should we blame all these things? And they're just like, no, blame Canada. And there's a brilliant, brilliant bit at the end of the song, which is really, really quick, but I, but 
it sort of sums up the whole well the, the whole reason for the song existing so blame canada shame on canada for the smut must stop the trash we will stash the laughter and fun must all be undone we must blame them and cause a fuss before somebody thinks of blaming us so you know i think that's that's pretty good yeah, yeah. so you have a, a sub story like because kenny dies lighting a fart on fire like he saw in the terence and philip movie and he goes to hell because he actually skipped out on church to see the Terrence and Philip movie. Gets to know Satan and Saddam Hussein, who are in a romantic relationship, but it's an abusive relationship. Satan is one of the most sympathetic characters in this movie. And he has a song called Up There, which is the only song which doesn't have profanity in it. And it's very much like uh, Part of Your World from The Little Mermaid. He he wants to visit Earth. He wants to go up onto the surface and, and see what's going on. And it's legitimately a great song. It is it is worth if you haven't if you haven't seen the South Park movie or anything, I urge you to check out up there on YouTube because it is a classic. So yeah, the the fact so it's funny anyway. There's lots of you know great dialogue jokes and everything, but it's the songs that push it over the top. And you know, parodies of Les Mis. You have you have at one point a medley where it like um Les Miserables, they have uh one day more, don't they? Which yeah. is when it's all building to the thing. Well South Park does that as well. That's and a good so, musical though. Les yeah. Mis. Yeah. And Russell Crowe. And Russell Crowe. So and it has a medley of like four songs going on, you know, reprises from different things kind of yeah. going on at the same time. Really, really clever stuff. And um and La Resistance, the song, um has has a weird, weird line, which is um yeah, they may cut your dick in half and serve it to a pig, and though it hurts you'll laugh and you'll dance a dickless jig. But that's the way it goes in Warrior Chatapon. Though you die, La Resistance lives on. I remember watching this back in the day, and you know, I I remember watching it in the nineties when I was going to secondary school for the first time, and and just kind of, you know, watching it, and oh, I couldn't believe the stuff they were getting away with, and it was so rude, and it was like it felt like counterculture. It felt like oh, this is some edgy stuff. But as I've got older, I appreciate more and more about it. I've said this about a few things, but South Park is one of the things where. I really don't like the sort of surface level takes that people have on South Park. Like South Park is way funnier and way smarter than people give it credit for. Most so basically time. you don't like it when people like it in the wrong way. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Okay. Just, yeah. Just stop yeah. bringing that back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's just, I think it's like the people who think that Eric Cartman is, is amazing when actually he's, he's a dick and the, the show makes explicit, kind of mentions the fact that he's an absolute arsehole. He's the worst person ever. But then people think he's a legend because, oh, he, he rips on Jews and black people all the time. And, you know, it's just, it, it it's the same, it's the same people who think that Tony Montana is the hero of Scarface, you know? Yeah. It's the people who don't quite get irony. And by having a poster of, of Tony Montana is sort of missing the entire point of the movie. And I think I think kind of you can find Cartman funny, but like being like a big fan of his and like, oh, my God, he's just so edgy and hilarious and everything. Sort of missing the point of what the actual thing is saying. It also ends. You know how we were talking about credit songs 
uh, a while back. Yeah, a while, while back. Yeah, this has a peach of one. So you go through, you go through, uh, you know, a bunch of stuff, and they have a, a version of what would Brian Boitano do? Brian Boitano was a figure skater. For some reason, I can't remember why. I think it was early in the TV show. They kind of had him as this mythical figure, so they decided that they would have Brian Boitano as as the subject of a song. Uh, he ended up skating to a cleaner version of that. He ended up liking it so much. But so they so they have a um, version of that done by Matt Stone. Is it both Trey Parker and Matt Stone's band DVDA, which is double vaginal, double anal. Genuinely, what it stands for. Oh. Um, and and then it comes into this sort of sappy pop ballad by Michael McDonald called uh, The Eyes of a Child. And if you weren't paying attention to some of the lyrics, you would you would be forgiven. Because you know how a lot of Disney songs had a sort of sincere pop cover of a number from the movie just yeah. over the credits and that yeah, sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. Well, it's sort of it's sort of in that vein. And um and yeah so so it has it has all these kind of brilliant instantly recognizable kind of cliche type things about it. But um you know the eyes of a child too innocent and pure child's heart is full of song. Take their tiny hands, lead them to the light. As adults, we see pain in the world, and it sometimes don't see right. Fair enough. So far, through the eyes of a child, the world seems magical. There's a sparkle in their eyes. They're yet to realize the darkness in their soul. The beauty of their smile, adventurous and wild. Life is kind of gay, but it doesn't seem that way through the eyes of a child. <laughs> and and so you can you can hear it as it kind of goes through. And yeah, legit legit great song despite despite very immature lyrics and michael <laughs> mcdonald sells the crap out of it as well hmm. he he sings it with all the sincerity he can muster um so yeah i i think i think the thing about this film is the fact that i mean clearly it showed i mean they'd already done i think they did cannibal the musical uh beforehand um but you know that this was the fact that they turned it into a musical, they could have just had a feature length story. Yeah. But they yeah. decided to have it like a proper, proper musical thing, which is so hard to do right. But they managed it. And uh yeah, it's so much better than people would have you believe. Like it's it's genuinely great and so, so funny. So, you know, it's it's one of those things that you kind of go. Yeah, wow, they really they really have been able to do it all for a long time. And so the Book of Mormon seems less and less like a kind of like, whoa, where did they come up with that? <laughs> you know, clearly they've had musical aspirations for a long, long time. Well, say Team America was sort of... Uh, yeah, exactly. And that's got some seriously funny songs as mm. well. It's great. I I urge you, even if you're not a South Park fan, I think I think you should definitely watch it, Rob. You personally should watch it again, because I think you'd probably appreciate some of it. Yeah, probably. I'd say I was probably too young to understand it back in uh, 1999. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Uh, so, yeah. So I kind of went for more of a parody one. It's a, a parody of, of Disney stuff. Because I did think I would go for some just legitimate Disney ones. Moana yeah. was top. Oh, yeah. Uh, Moana's kind of 
you know, and that was that was really really tempting. But I thought, no, nah, I'm going to stick up for South Park bigger, longer, and uncut. So, so yes, that's my choice for this week. Cool. So, one of Rob's favorite films ever, or a film that I watched. Well, I've watched quite a lot, but you know, nowhere near as arty. But you know, I'm just going to say it's better than Lotland. Land. And you're wrong. <laughs> so convince me why South Park Bigger and Longer and Uncut should not go in too. Because as you say, it's a parody of a musical. It's not a musical. Yeah, but I mean, Scream is a parody of horror movies, but it's still classed as a horror movie. You know, I mean, and and I think I think parodies should be allowed alongside the thing because I think the thing that makes a parody, you know, when we went through that just awful thing of like epic movie and whatever, which were just like these, just the worst fucking things, which were just references. It was so just was like, sca- was, was scary movie a horror movie film? No, but that's more of a, that's more of a comedy thing. That, that is more of a kind of thing, but scream scream played it semi straight. It had a meta thing to it. And South mm-hmm. Park does as well. Scary movie is clearly more of a zany sort of, parody there's room for both but no scary movie is not a horror movie but it does it does kind of require some knowledge of horror movie conventions in order to fully enjoy it i would say because if you don't get what it's referencing then you don't like it the right way you really are ryan gosling in love no 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 this is not the first time someone said that to you yeah well okay no i would say look i know you i I know you're going to fight hard for La La Land, all right? I clearly know that. But I'm just I'm just saying that there's room for I think a a great parody you can sense the affection coming through. You know, say like something like Cabin in the Woods. For example, yes. you've yeah, you've yeah. seen that, haven't you? Yeah. yeah That's that. yeah, it's clearly a parody. It's clearly a send-up of the horror genre. But it still has some some scares and everything in it. But it it's not just like oh horror movies are dumb because that's just such a base level kind of criticism. It's to, it you know it t- kind of delves in to to the tropes and and how to use them. And and South Park does that as well for musicals. It it they genuinely love musicals and you can tell. But you know I know that you were going to be absolutely unshakable on La La Land. Yeah, and you wouldn't. Forgive me if I just overruled you and how said, can you, this. How can you overrule? Isn't this, this uh, is it, it's an equal partnership? This is it okay? That's cool. Don't you think I'm just drawing up some legal documents? It's just, <laughs> just nice to know these things. No, uh, yeah, no, I can't overrule you. I can, I'm sick of capitulating and just letting you get away with it. Well, how about this one last time? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm I'm either I'm either going to win or lose. There's none of this drawing crap. There's none of this film wins. And I wouldn't say that film has a net benefit from the South Park movie existing. Well, there we are then. So no, 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 no. But but La La Land, you know, um, no, La La Land has to win. I I have to lose on this one. I have to. But I will warn you. You have just placed into my hand a trump card now. Why? So, so because if there's going to be a film that's going to be like super personal to me, super kind of thing, and I am I am going to 
just mentioned La La Land. So just and and the thing is, I did watch the South Park movie a lot. I had it on VHS. That's how long ago it was. Yeah. So, but it's not nearly as near and dear as La La Land is to you. So I will let you have this. <laughs> That's fine. But you know, just just know that I may be calling that shit back in down the line. We can actually. They put uh, anchor, which is where we record this. They put a thing now that you can have questions under the, under the Spotify version. Um, so you can sort of say which who which was a better film, and then people can leave comments if they like. So if you listen to us on Spotify, feel free to leave a comment. Well, because you know where people are going to go, but I think maybe people want the South Park movie to win. If you like South Park, bigger, longer, uncut, and cool. Then you will hmm. vote for for South Park. If you like joy and happiness. No, if you, you like La La Land and Hitler, vote for Not Rob's mutually choice. exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> it is a bit Aryan, though. It has, it has to be said. Yeah, Rob. It's, it's a good. As I say, I, I understand it's got flaws, but I forgive them <laughs> and I utterly like I, it. I know, I know you do. No, La La Land has to win. We can we can put a little Q and A thing, like put a little poll but um but i i would not be surprised if la la land stomps south park movie but uh you know as always we'll try and check it out and watch it again because say uh, I, I probably was too young to appreciate it i can remember some of the songs uh but yeah I, I, la la land just i don't know just absolutely adore yeah it. yeah and it's it's not la la land is a proper movie I think even Trey Parker and Matt Stone would say that the South Park movie isn't a proper, proper movie. I mean, they're doing more South Park movies, but that doesn't invalidate this whole thing because I believe this is going to be the only theatrical one. Okay. So, um, yet again, you have chosen. No, part no, no, no. Because no, Paramount the South Park franchise. Paramount Plus, I think they've they've signed them on to do fourteen movies. Wow. But I think they are kind of more feature length episodes rather than actually theatrically watching mm-hmm. in the cinema type movies so mm-hmm. no 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 no! don't even mm-hmm. get mm-hmm, like you've won i mean you, you already said i have but mm-hmm. yeah yeah no, no 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 see and this it it's this sort of attitude that's gonna get you in trouble <laughs> it's this sort of attitude that people are going to tactically vote against you in the q and a thing you do as we've kind of always ch- chosen the chosen the outcome before we release it yeah, but all the cool people will prove me right, and then I'll have the cool people on my side, and then I've be never a... worried about the cool, about what the cool people think. Yeah, that shows. <laughs> I can use it as a cudgel to beat you with later. Yeah, it can be the proverbial batteries in a pillowcase. So yes, Lola La wins. Rob sucks. <laughs> Neither of which was ever in doubt. Yeah. And they're not mutually exclusive. <laughs> Rob can suck and still like La La Land, which won. So, yeah. Cool. La La Land wins. Fuck you, Rob. And that is the end of Showvember. It is. Thank you to the... Uh, so I think we had yeah, we had a couple of listener requests, uh, suggestions. So thanks to Bex for suggesting the MGM episode and to Rose for suggesting the Composer episode. Yeah, thanks, guys. Seriously, like, it... It, it does mean a lot and it means that we can kind of we're forced to think outside of ourselves a little bit and uh, I think that's good so yeah I mean and 
this was an impromptu kind of theme. It was because we did well, we did uh, the MGM one, and then we did the High School Musical, and thought, oh, we got a theme here. Yeah, we may as well just roll with it. Yeah, it's been a wholesome uh, month, really, hasn't it? It has. It has. Uh, yeah, Mary Poppins in as well. I mean, you can't really get too much too much purer than that. That's why I brought in the South Park movie. Oh, uh, I see. No, that's not. But I mean, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I've I've actually really enjoyed doing because musicals. I mean, despite the fact that we've spent an entire month talking about them, musicals aren't like my main thing. They're not my absolute jam or anything. It's just, it's just, it's interesting, sort of, kind of going at these things from a, from a different angle. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, yeah. No, it's, 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 as I said at the beginning. I mean, La La Land aside, they're not sort of my favorite genre of film. Um, but it's been it's been nice to look. I mean, it wasn't entirely musicals because the Hans Zimmer one was a sound. Yeah, yeah. So it was but like it, a music month. Music month, but uh, but yeah, no, it it's uh, it was a very loose theme, but uh, but yeah, who knows? We may return to it uh, next November. Because I mean, yeah, what else is November? Nothing. My new Gart bitch film did November, which is damn cool. That's much cooler is, than yeah. the, the is, musical yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah, but you know. Cool. Well, that's that's it. But I just wanted to say, yeah, thank you. Thank you very much for those suggestions. They genuinely help. And if you have any more, please send them our way. Yes. Yeah. And I would visit thepopcornbucket.com because that's... Ooh. Yeah, I know. I've been Ooh. doing more work on that website. So There's a blast on the past. I have... Yeah, I haven't done any written work on that for about three years. But I actually have... There's a podcast player outside there, so you can so you can just click on that, and you can read my words and listen to my words. And Rob's there too, I guess. I am, and you know, and that's all cool. So I I will be doing more work on that. Oh, brilliant! Uh, Well, I'll just stay busy on that. But you know, I've I've missed writing as well. So, uh, but but having this, I've missed reading your things. Oh, thanks, man. I still have it bookmarked. Yeah, well, check it out because you'll see uh, you'll see our podcast uh, at the side there. Nice. So, um, so yeah, no, man, it's uh, yeah, that's well. I guess we're doing a holiday type month now, aren't we? Yes. Next I mean, that's not really December. a spoiler. That's just kind of yeah. what what we should do. And there are some absolute classics we can talk about, and some that we won't. So there you go. So another themed month because you guys requested it. I guess. Because we're telling you you requested it. Rob, I'm talking bollocks again. Can you outro us, please? You should have done it five minutes ago. Well, I was going to, but then you sort of dropped the uh, the Popcorn Bucket website bombshell. It's not a bombshell. Oh, revelation. <laughs> <laughs> the revelation of Ben. <laughs> it's not It's not as biblical as that, everyone. <laughs> okay, so it's somewhere in between... It's somewhere between, between something completely ordinary and biblical. <laughs> Another tagline. We're just knocking on the tagline. <laughs> yeah, I know. We, we, we have got taglines for days now. That's it for this week. Thank you very much for your time and thank you for listening. We'd love to have your feedback. Please email podcast at thepopcornbucket.com or visit thepopcornbucket.com. Nice. You can find us on Instagram at PopcornBucketPod or over on Twitter at PopcornBucketPD. We're on Good Pods at PopcornBucket. Thank you so much to Lawrence Owen of LongCatMedia.com for the theme music. If you're able to, it'd be great if you can rate the episode wherever you find your podcast and subscribe and share. Many thanks. Take care and see you next episode. What he said.